This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. Good. This is The Other Side of Midnight. We are keeping an eye on the aftermath of yesterday's elections. As it stands now, the Senate appears to have 48 Democrats, 48 Republicans, four seats still up for grabs or too close to call. As it stands now, the House of Representatives seems to have uh, 219 Republicans, 216 Democrats. Joining me uh, for this hour is uh, former Democratic congressman, former Democratic candidate for mayor of New York City, Anthony Weiner. He's also the host of the Keys to the City podcast on the Red Apple Audio Network. If people haven't heard that uh, podcast, Anthony, what do you talk about uh, generally? So Keys to the City, and I also we we also do the middle every Sunday every Saturday from two to three, and then yeah, uh, I, I meant to ask you about that because uh, obviously you know you it's definitely you are the middle of the Democratic Party given ha- the leftward shift of the the AOC wing of the party, but I mean, is it really fair for you to be hosting a show co- called the Middle? For instance, who was the last Republican that you voted for? I, I I think my my arm would fall off if I voted <laughs> right. for Republicans. So how can no, you know this isn't about and this is what I say to to listeners is I don't expect people not to be partisan and I don't even expect I don't expect them to be ideological but I have a, a a governing theory right now that the extremes of the two parties are dominating the debate to the detriment of the country. Yes. And that it doesn't necessarily mean that I want people who not who are not Democrats and not strong Democrats or not Republicans I just think that there's so much about the conversation, about the issues of the day, that if we could magically turn off the AOC wing, turn off the green wing, and the wood, that we would be able to get a lot more done. And, and so that's, that's kind of the philosophy of the program, and, and, and the callers and, and the response to it has been, has been good. As far as Keys to the City, it's much more kind of my ideas. I wrote these two idea books when I ran for mayor. We take one idea each week, and sometimes it's a discreet little thing. Like one of the ones is like, why do we have to leave no parking 15 feet on the side of a fire hydrant? It's not like the fire trucks are parking there, Larry. It's there. They are, you know, and sometimes they're bigger things like housing. And then we bring an expert on to say whether he thinks my, my, he or she thinks my idea is a good one or a bad one. And that's one of the podcasts that we do. But it, but we try to find the middle in an environment where, frankly, the middle is not being heard enough. In my if uh, people want to hear that, they can search Keys to the City with Anthony Weiner on any podcast app, or they can just go to WABCradio.com. The Larry that you mentioned is Larry Sharp, who was the former Libertarian candidate for governor and was poised to be the Libertarian candidate for governor again this year, but uh, he was bounced off the ballot because of some draconian rules regarding petitions that uh, Andrew Cuomo signed into law before he left office. He's a business consultant and an entrepreneur. Uh, Larry, I know you were campaigning as a write-in candidate. Absolutely. Uh, you have any idea how you did in terms of write-in votes this year? I think we got somewhere between probably ten and 30,000 write-in votes, which is, you know, not what I needed. I needed about 130 to 140,000 to actually be able to have a chance of getting a ballot line. So we didn't come anywhere near close. I got 100,000 votes last time I ran, but I was on the ballot then. Um, so to get that many is still not bad, but not great. Uh, so we have to keep trying and keep fighting. Sadly, there's no independent parties in New York State anymore. So now it's just left versus right only to, uh, to Anthony's entire uh, point. It's just left versus right, and there's no middle. 
So, All right. John Tobacco is here. He's a Wall Street entrepreneur. He's the host of Wise Guys on Newsmax TV, the CEO of the Token Team, which deals heavily in the cryptocurrency sphere, and a former candidate for New York City controller. Hello there, John. Well, Frank, it's a pleasure to be with you tonight, my friend, and uh, to be next to the libertarian gubernatorial candidate with the uh, libertarian New York City Comptroller absolutely. candidate. So, I think, a lot of libertarian in yes. the room tonight. I think you might yep. be a little more right-leaning than uh, than Larry is. Um, you take right and left, it's okay. And most <laughs> of the country doesn't know it or won't admit it, they're libertarians. Oh, well, so yes. let's talk about that since yes. you guys have brought this up. Uh, this Georgia Senate race, it looks like this is heading towards a runoff because uh, nobody got 50% of the vote. Why not pa- go in? Part of the reason that the th- that no one got 50% is because there was a third candidate in there, Correct. the libertarian vote, who got a about uh, just about two percent. Chase now, Oliver. A lot of the conventional wisdom, Larry, mm-hmm. is that these are folks that be, believe in low taxes and limited True. government, yep. and that uh, those are folks that are more likely to vote for Herschel Walker over Warnock. You don't think that's no? The case. Chase Oliver is one of our. As I said, we have left and right wing libertarians. Chase Oliver is the first um, openly gay senatorial candidate in uh, Georgia, and he is much more of a left leaning libertarian, and he's much more worried about things like cannabis and things of that sort. So the people who will support him will lean further left. So if it goes to a runoff, odds are Warnock is going to win because more left-leaning libertarians are voting for him. Anthony, any prediction on the runoff in Georgia? Well, first of all, it may not matter. If we win two more – if Democrats win two more Senate seats, then it's going to be the 51st, not the 50th. So it may not matter. But I'm curious. So the libertarian view on on – a woman's right to choose theoretically not theoretically it's pro-choice yeah so so i'm not sure how it how it would cut in georgia yeah um that's the thing but you know the basis of liberal the same it comes from the same foundational word and theoretically from the same foundational ideals that i think a lot of americans believe that they don't want government intruding in their personal lives as much as possible absolutely so um but i i, I think that that if it there's a very good chance that it we we leave here tonight that Georgia doesn't matter except to be the 51st state. Mm. Um, you know what's but you have to realize something, though, right? The Libertarian <clears throat> Party leans the opposite of the state because we, lead the, we don't like the state. So in Georgia, which is more of a, a red state, the party leans blue. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in New York, it's blue. It, the party leans red. Interesting. So uh, we have, we're more right-leaning here in New York. John Tobacco, give me your prediction on the runoff in Georgia if it comes to pass, which appears likely. I can't understand Georgia. I really can't understand Georgia. I, I, I just – yeah. I wish there could be a real candidate who could get in line with the gubernatorial candidate and then put the whole thing to bed. Um, but I also can't believe that the number one Georgia dog on earth – can't get over fifty percent of Georgia. You, you know, you bring um, up. So, uh, give me a so prediction the whole on pop culture. Uh, I think it's to me. I think it's Herschel, Herschel in a photo finish. Um, somehow, some way, because America seems to always figure it out. I think uh, Republicans had really high hopes. The red wave is mm. coming. Um, I've been out there. You know, my co-host from Wise Guys on Newsmax, Kara Castronova running for the 22nd Assembly District out in Nassau County. Um, she's a Democrat. She voted for Obama two times. She's an Asian female. And Democrats' heads were exploding in uh, Nassau County to see a Republican who was, like, pro-libertarian, pro-freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in the Republican Party. So she lost the race um, with a great showing, if you ask me. Worked the tail off. But... um 
you know, I think there are good things afoot in Nassau County and yeah. New York City. So you bring up an interesting point, which is that in Georgia, this is a state where Brian Kemp, the Republican governor there, won handily, and Herschel Walker right now has about 48% of the vote. So there was some ticket splitting in Georgia. In Pennsylvania, it looks like the, not it looks like the Democrats have won both the governor's yep. mansion and the U.S. Senate seat that was hotly contested, but the Senate seat was a much narrower margin. So there was some ticket splitting in Pennsylvania. And Wisconsin as well. Wisconsin, Evers, Evers won the governor race there. And in New Hampshire, looks like they're going to have a Republican governor and uh, looks like they're going to have a Democratic U.S. senator. So it, for all the talk of few, fewer and fewer people splitting their ticket, at least in a couple of these purple states, people are still uh, are still doing this. Yeah. In the current situation where things are so polarized and Donald Trump seems to be, drive such a binary choice in a lot of voters' minds – how common do you think ticket splitting is going to be prospectively? I, I think you can take away a different lesson from this, and that is that candidates matter. Herschel Walker was a lousy candidate, and you know, and, and, and frankly, Kemp was a very good candidate. Kemp was an incumbent. I, I think the candidate quality still means something, that you, know, you can draw conclusions about ticket splitting, but in fact, these states are 50-50 states. These races are 51-49 you know, or 52-48 and that if you're a better candidate, you're going to do better. Think about a Georgia runoff. We just had one in 2020. The Republicans I, you know, got whacked. I, I have. I mean, well, it was a point and a half. But it, it, I see no reason to believe that these states are going to that, – that Georgia will look that much different. In fact, Georgia is gradually becoming more blue. Yeah. And so I, I would probably see the same outcome hmm. with, with, with Warnock that we had for Ossoff. But right? you're not going to get a sweep because you don't have a positive message, right? The reason why Trump was so effective in 2016 is he had MAGA, right? Make America great again. That was a, a positive message. It wasn't just other guy bad. It was, and I'm going to fix it, right? Other guy bad, and here I'm going to fix it. Obama had that. Other guy bad and hope and change. We didn't have it. We just had other guy bad. That's all we had this entire time, which – is much more stagnant. You're not going to have massive sweeps when all I'm saying is, well, that guy's worse than me. That's yeah, I'm, but is I'm it, not going to get is massive it, is, for that. Is, isn't that fundamentally the problem with the Republican Party right now? What do they believe in? We know what they're against. What do they believe in? Well, and, Democrats do all about Trump is evil. Well, I a whole lot of the same thing. The Democrats passed, you know, and, and endeavored to pass and passed a whole bunch of bills. You might not like them. And some voters liked them, some people mm-hmm. didn't. But I do know that in September, when we were doing better, it was because the American people said, all right, finally, they're doing something. I don't know what it is, but they're doing something. You think that's why more Democrats came out? <clears throat> I think that's why. We were, at our, we were at our apex when a couple of things were happening. The courts were getting involved in a woman's right to choose. Mm-hmm. Trump was in the news at Mar-a-Lago. Yep. And the third thing was Biden was getting some stuff done. Passing yeah, but the, the top ball. two are the ones I think of what you just said, which Could is be. we're afraid of the right we're scared of Trump, and then Democrats rush out, right? Could be. Could when, be. Whenever I hear – what I always see is if you want to get Democrats to, 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 to vote, just bring out Orange Man Bad. Well, uh, Do that. Yeah, it, that's and a, they rush it, out. it is that's interesting. You see it too, right? Uh, John, uh, President Biden is uh, on the verge of being the most successful – First-term president in the midterm elections electorally since George Bush in twenty in two thousand two. Obviously, yeah. two thousand two, you had the run-up to war and you had the aftermath of September eleventh. What do you think explains the lack of a red tsunami this time around? Well, I listened to you guys and your previous guests uh, doing the whole Trump orange man bad thing. Um, well, oh, well, we'll hear Joe Scarborough so what tomorrow, do you think it is? tomorrow morning on, on Morning Joke. They'll be saying, well, uh, the, our, Trump killed the party. That's pretty obvious, all this other stuff. What I think is 
Um, maybe it was proven to Anthony's point earlier that, you know, it's not just it's, it's about the candidates, but it just can't be Trump's apprentice candidates. You know, these TV celebrity Herschel Walker, Heisman Trophy winner, Dr. Oz. Um, maybe they don't work with people. They're, they're not buying into that whole thing. They're just buying into what Larry said, Trump. Right. That's what they're buying into. He's a cult of personality. And, you know, as much as everybody's going to be saying tomorrow, there was no tsunami and everything else. We got the house. Right. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I mean, r- yeah. it's not. We, I'm, I'm saying yeah. well, we, yeah. we're going to yeah. have it. 100%. Is, that, yeah. is that right? Yeah, that's true. OK, so there's the hammer on the whole process right away. There's automatic log jam. So when everybody's talking about the pity party, we won. Right. The house. Okay. But we won. Right. The macro win is they can't just continue to force the printing presses to print money, Mm. to fund bills for every other wish in the world. And the Republicans can at least stop the bleeding. And if we if we get the Senate, it doesn't really matter. It's it's a can I say circle jerk? Well, because if we get the House, whether we get the Senate or not, nothing's (laughs) happening. And that's a good thing for us in our economy. Let me take you guys to Florida, where one of the big winners, no question about it, is Ron DeSantis. He won by double digits, not only statewide, but even in Miami-Dade County, which uh, has long been a Democratic stronghold. Here was Governor DeSantis in his victory speech uh, as he defeated the former governor, Charlie Crist, this time running as as a Democrat. Here's Governor DeSantis. Now, while our country flounders due to failed leadership in Washington, Florida is on the right track. I believe the survival of the American experiment requires a revival of true American principles. Florida has proved that it can be done. And 17 years ago, Anthony Weiner, I remember a profile on you that the New York Times did in which you said that early in your political career, you were actually thinking of moving to Florida because they were growing in population and they were going to add a congressional seat. You were actually thinking of running for Congress down there because you didn't know if you were going to have the opportunity to do so in New York. Is Florida now a permanent red state that would no longer welcome a prospective Congressman Weiner? Well, at, at the time, you know, in the 80s, I was like, two places a Jew from Brooklyn can get elected, <laughs> Brooklyn or South Florida. And they have, like since then, I think they've had six, six seats, four of them in that southern tier. Look, it, w- we keep chasing the unicorn of thinking that Florida is a purple state, that Ohio is a purple state. These are red states. And North Carolina is trending towards the Democrats. Georgia is now getting to the point. Arizona, like there was a time not so long ago, Virginia was considered a purple state. These things change, and I think that it's time that – Democrats understand that that is basically a red state. I am not convinced that Ron DeSantis is anything more than a momentary flash in the pan because he's not going to run successfully for president. If he runs, he's, I think he's going to walk into a buzzsaw. With Trump. I mean, With Trump. He can't be Trump. So I think he's this, this, this fiction that we have in the media and the gossip class. Or wouldn't it be great if we had this? We are stuck with the two candidates we have, Biden and Trump, for all of their flaws the fact that both of them, if our parties had their druthers and they can snap their fingers, neither one of them would run. Um, but I think those are the candidates we're going to have. So our fascination with DeSantis, I think, is purely academic because I don't think he's going to be the nominee. Uh, I want to go on I want to on the record say I think the opposite is true. I think we will not have Trump nor Biden on a ticket. 
in 2024. I think uh, both of the them Democrats will. and the Republicans? Correct. I think wow. you'll, I, my, my, I'll call it now. I think you'll see neither of those two. Uh, John, uh, is Florida a permanent red state? I don't think anything's permanent well, because right. if we keep leaving the borders open, who knows what the next generation of Hispanic, Latino immigrants coming over the border. Um, but it seems like right now, however they got here, um, that whole Miami-Dade community has had a seismic shift. Um, so maybe it didn't reflect into all these races. We did win some congressional races that, you know, everyone's saying, well, Trump screwed everything up. Uh Anthony D'Esposito won uh, in Nassau County. First time candidate, you know, um, they, they I, I saw that whole race. They had him, you know, hustling it, but not really knowing he could win right. and yeah. won the race. Larry, um, I think it's red. Uh, I think th- it's permanently red. There was a uh, survey that came out uh, done by uh, Bill Galston of the Brookings Institute a couple of weeks ago that showed more than four in ten Americans in a new survey say they're open to a moderate alternative. Now, mm-hmm. let's say the scenario that Anthony Weiner laid out is what occurs, Biden versus Trump in 2024. Mm-hmm. Democrats don't seem happy with Biden. Republicans, yep. many of them, don't seem happy with Trump. You have three potential third-party options in 2024. None of have any impact at all. Uh, uh, Brock Pierce, yep. uh, who I love says Brock. he's running. The No show. Labels Movement and yep. the Andrew Yang Forward, Forward Party. I love him. Um, will <laughs> any of those be a viable uh, place for these foreign to be forward? To go? I love them all. I was literally on stage with with Andrew Yang this last summer. He endorsed my candidacy. Uh, I like love Brock Pierce. I think they're great guys. They're all independents. But the system is broken. Twenty twenty four is not the year for a third party. Maybe twenty twenty eight. Maybe. But 2024 is if we're if we're lucky, 2024, one independent party will get some electoral vote someplace, maybe like Maine or Utah or <laughs> something like that. That's about the only thing. We're John, gonna what do you make of that Brookings survey? And what do you think of a, a matchup of Trump versus Biden rematch? Well, first of all, I'll say if 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 Larry's right and Trump and Biden are out and Brock Pierce and Andrew Yang are in. I'm in on that one. Okay, I'm laying it down right now. I will be camping out up there when the primary starts. I'm your VP. I'll be in Iowa. You guys are from the same state. Back up sharp. That's it. They should run together. Anthony, four and ten say they're open to a moderate alternative. By your own admission, a lot of Democrats unhappy with the choice of Biden. We see what's happening with Trump and the Republicans. Is there any scenario in which a well-funded centrist alternative could break through in a Trump-Biden matchup? No. No. I mean, but yeah. let me just no say way. something about these types of questions. You know, I think people who are asked questions always say, I want people who are going to compromise to get things done. In my years in public life, no one's ever stopped me on the street and said, Congressman, go down there in Washington and compromise already. <laughs> they say, I, I want to fight like heck for my Social Security, yes. fight like heck for the. That's people, and then we go down to Washington, and we have to raise a bunch of money to stay there. And we get on the phone, and when we're asking donors for money, they don't say, hey, do me a favor. On my important issue, please go compromise with the guy. We put down our phones and then go out and hug each other. It doesn't work out that way. We have this system. Because of the Electoral College, we're stuck with this system. It is going to be a two-party system for for when all of our kids grow up to, to be voting, and it's probably not great. I can see that, but it is a structural problem we have around the Electoral College that is going to make it very difficult for a third party. But if, we, if we change to ranked choice voting, no. if we do ranked choice voting, there's a chance. But that's not going to happen for, to your and point, a, and years. A, and a jungle primary. And yeah, yes, uh, that's not going to happen for years, right? But your, your point, uh, I think, right. 
but Ranked that's choice, our way of making it work. Primary. What yes. else should we throw in on this one? As well, much you know, as we how, can. Like, By the way, go vote. What was on the ballot? Good, good in, for Republicans uh, in Nevada this year. Yeah, not ranked choice. And, what, and how, I know my friend here is the biggest advocate. He's the father of ranked choice in I love New York well, City. Why, Believe so me why, when I tell why, you. One, why are you opposed to ranked choice voting in concept, and I, why do you think it's it's it, 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 it's not good for Frankie? You know, I was in the Independence Party. I was, but yeah, yeah. Confuses the voters, if you ask me. Voters, and, voters rank the. I asked my 11 year old son, give me your five favorite football teams. You can rank them in five seconds. That, um, but we're way, not ranking our five favorite football teams, and we're not throwing it into somebody else's hopper you, to keep calculating it. No. So I think the pub. I've supported them, Frank, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I supported them. But I'm saying, to me, being out there in the streets, the sentiment of the people is as soon as one thing goes wrong, then the whole thing's a scam, and then people lose faith. I don't want to get bogged about. down on this, but I want to tell you, as guys who are independent mm-hmm. your best path to victory no question. is to break the paradigm. True. No question. Yes. No question. <laughs> 800-848-9222. Uh, we're going to check in with a few other guests. Very quickly, David in the Bronx has been holding uh, for a while. Hello, David. Yes, good evening. I have a question for uh, Congressman Weiner. Um, do you think that um, a governor-elect Hochul will take action to retaliate against Andrew Cuomo and his people who basically came out against her in the final weeks before the election? No. I, I don't know what retaliation looks like when your governor – I mean, look, I, I don't – I don't even know what it what you're referring to. I mean, I think that she's just thrilled to be there. I think, you know, she she woke up one morning and she was the went from being the anonymous lieutenant governor that most people couldn't pick out of a lineup. Now she's the governor of the greatest state in the union. And I think she's going to she very much wants to make sure in four years when she has her own record that she's able to run on. And I think she's going to want to put Andrew Cuomo in her rearview mirror as much as possible. And so I don't think that she's going to want to pick at that scam. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll continue with your phone calls, 800-848-9222. We'll go live to Florida and get an update from a place where the future Republican nominee for president, whether that's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis, calls home. And uh, maybe even the future majority leader of the uh, U.S. Senate or the future Republican leader of the U.S. Senate. We'll uh, explore that and uh, we'll give you an update on some of the races that occurred in New Jersey, some close uh, congressional races, and a whole lot more. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano, joined in studio by uh, former Democratic Congressman Anthony Weiner. He's the host of the Keys to the City podcast and the co-host of Left vs. Right on WABC and the host of The Middle. Uh, joined as well by Larry Sharp, a former libertarian candidate for governor of New York, on business entrepreneur, and uh, business leader John Tobacco, the host of Newsmax TV's Wise Guys. Uh, we're going to take a couple of quick calls, and then we'll uh, check in with Florida. If you have questions, now's a good time to ask them. 800-848-9222. Chris is in the Catskills. Hello, Chris. 
Good morning, gentlemen. I just left the Pat Ryan uh, watch party. Uh, he won by less than 2,200 votes in District House, New York House District 18 over Assemblyman Lawler. And Lawler called him about an hour ago to concede. And Mark Molinaro is going to win. I thought Lawler is leading over Maloney. Excuse me, I'm, I think I you apologize. mean Colin Schmidt. I apologize. Yeah. Colin Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I just, I just walked in my door. Uh, Mark Molinaro is going to pull off a narrow victory over Josh Riley by like two points. Good for Mark. And uh, I, I, I think these men are going to work together in Washington for the betterment of upstate New York. They know one another from the special election they had. And maybe I guess the question I'll throw out to you gentlemen is, am I being overly optimistic? And I'll throw something out. It looks like the Working Families Party line and Conservative Party line are going to stay intact. Uh, so far, yes. that does seem to be the case. Uh, very interesting. Uh, thank you, Chris. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not sure it's a great thing for the Republicans that the conservative party line stays in business because I think it's um, – it, and I voted on the conservative line. But it, I don't think – I think it actually pulls the GOP farther to the right and alienates potential centrist voters who are independents or Democrats. Uh, Larry, is no. a third part. Okay. You don't, you let, me, let me do two parts. One, I'm glad Malinaro is winning. I like, I like him. I ran against him in 2018. He he is a more centrist guy, and he probably will try to get things done. I, I do think he will. When it comes to Republicans, he's a centrist Republican. But um, when it comes to conservative party, conservative does nothing in this state. They're a, they're a parasite party. They just do what other Republicans do. They literally don't run their own joke. candidates. They do any, they, they do nothing. Party's a joke. The party's a joke. Thank you. Thank you. It's a joke. The conservative party's a joke. I'll say it. The well, guy, the, well, the guy mean, who runs it, um, Kassar, Jerry Kassar. Come on. Totally useless. Those well, days I, are over. And, and I, I like Jerry. But I, I, I like I, Jerry, I, too, but, but Frank, so you're he, saying He literally himself. sued me yeah. off the ballot. Yeah, but he, he literally he, sued me off the ballot. Hang on. So you agree with me? Jerry gave me his endorsement. Okay, and then took it back. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, again, this is true. No, no, no. I, I could say this, Frank. Yeah, I know, but they it, gave me the endorsement. Right. Never but, happened in history. Yep. They put out a press release that they endorsed me, and then had their Bronx chairman call me up and say, "You know, we really didn't mean it when we endorsed you." Yeah. So yeah, well, to me, that's a joke of a party. Uh, are, I was involved personally. Incorrect. I worked hard. I went out to all their boroughs, to all their meetings, sat down, seven meetings. and, and, right, well, and They're going to be there for at least the next two years. Yes. Uh, Hopefully family, we don't thing. need them. Working families, useless too. Same thing. They they get their butt I, beat by the Democrats and then go back to the Democrats again. They support Cuomo. Cuomo turns them off the ballot. They go right back to Cuomo. Uh, they're, they're both joke parties, not really. Anthony Weiner, uh, your take on the Conservative Party and the Working Families Party sticking around for at least the next uh, two Look, months. I think if these parties exist, they should feel their own candidates. Yes. I mean, and then maybe you're having – you're contributing something. If you really believe that the Republican Party is not your home, you want to have a separate party, do it. Would you have parties after parties, but they're endorsing the same people? What are you accomplishing except a shell game to keep yourself in well, business in and raising case, money and things like that? In the like case that. of the conservative yes. party, uh, they are pulling the GOP to the right. That's what they're doing. They're not doing that at all. That's absolutely not true. Well, but there, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But in that case, you should not be endorsing the, the Republican candidate. What are you? Yes. What, what are you achieving then? What are you doing? It is one thing to stand up like Larry might say, and listen, I philosophically don't believe I am at home in either of these <clears> parties, and there are like-minded people like me in the state. Win or lose, I want to give them a voice. If you are cross-endorsing and then you're working families party, and I feel so strongly about these issues until a week before the election when someone writes me a check and suddenly I don't anymore, 
I don't understand what it contributes to the right. debate. I mean, I think they would argue they're pulling the Democrats further to the left. But in that case, get into the Democratic Party yeah. and do the and work there. Fair DSA enough. does that. Hey, Democratic uh, Social of America does that within a caucus. Let me go the, uh, live to Florida, uh, where uh, Ron DeSantis has uh, pulled off a major victory. And, uh, you know, a lot of you may have heard President Trump at the rally uh, refer to Governor DeSantis as Ron DeSanctimonious. And apparently the person that uh, was the progenitor of that nickname is a controversial political consultant and New York Times bestselling author Roger Stone. Roger, um, a lot of people are saying Ron DeSantis had a very good night and Donald Trump didn't necessarily have a good night. What's your take on the election results coming out of Florida and in general? Well, to put it in context, uh, I think uh, President Trump is uh, very disappointed in Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis, a very popular governor of Florida, won big tonight really owes his initial governorship to Donald Trump. Uh, It was only Trump's tweeted endorsement that allowed DeSantis to go from single digits, where he was a fairly unknown congressman, uh, and overcome the support of the entire Republican establishment of Florida uh, for the state agricultural commissioner. But 67 county chairman, every county chairman, every Republican state legislator, every Republican member of the delegation, was supporting Ron DeSantis's opponent. If you go back and look at Ron DeSantis's TV commercials, they're all about Donald Trump and the Trump endorsement. So I think he is very disappointed that Ron DeSantis in the debate for reelection to the governorship would not rule out uh, a presidential bid, meaning he wouldn't commit to spend all four years of a new term if reelected. That said, he did take a shot uh, at Ron DeSantis, called him Governor DeSanctimonious. I think the the disloyalty, the lack of gratitude is really shocking to the former president, or I should say disappointing. Uh, but the next day at a rally in Miami, he also endorsed uh, Ron DeSantis, as he did Marco Rubio. So I think there has to be some context. I think these men are on a collision course. Uh, I think that uh, DeSantis is going to challenge Trump within the Republican Party. I think he's going to lose that contest. Uh, but generally speaking, the governor had a very good night. Florida was a bright spot for the Republicans. I would point out that prior to his endorsement by Trump, Marco Rubio was leading by one ended up winning by nine, I believe, or ten. Uh, Roger, so some of the people um, are saying that the reason that the Republicans didn't have a bigger win tonight is because a lot of these Trumpian candidates won GOP primaries. Folks like Bolduc in New Hampshire and others, they're almost uh, making comparisons to 2010 when the Tea Party wave, when you had all those Tea Party candidates win primaries and then lose the general. Is that a fair criticism in your view? Well, first of all, I'd like to see some more results. I mean, uh, we, there's half these results are not in yet, so it'd be difficult to say definitively. But you had the same kind of strange spikes uh, in the results in Arizona, in Pennsylvania. I just don't think that those elections have been free, honest, uh, transparent, and so on. Um, show me a stronger candidate who could have done better. I was not a great fan, for example, of Dr. Oz. On the other hand, the people the people in Pennsylvania appear to have elected a man to the Senate who is non compass mentis, who can not even string together a, a, a sentence. So, uh, no, I, I think that's, uh, uh, that understates the 
strength Trump continues to have at the grassroots. Any Anybody else have anything for uh, Roger? Yeah, no, I guess the, the other question is then, did it make sense for the Democrats to spend money on some of those candidates trying to get the more Trumpian candidates um, into into the into the general election? Was that well, successful well, or let's not? Take, for example, well, let's take let's take an example. Joe O'Day in Colorado, who Politico said was, you know, the hot, dark horse. He was a strongly anti-Trump candidate. He made it very clear. Mm-hmm. He ran as a never Trumper. He got crushed. So I just don't think I'm not sure that that was the factor here. The okay. larger factor has to do the backdrop could not have been better for Republican success. But the red wave overall turns out to be more of a red dribble. And I think a lot of that has to do uh, with with the Republicans putting forward no agenda. Yes. Just running That's against what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. MAGA, John, MAGA didn't work as well. this time. It wasn't a, it wasn't a MAGA too. Uh, John Tobacco, anything you wanted to add? Hey Roger, how you doing? So, um, is 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 it fair to say that the main goal for right now was to at least take back the house to break up the whole one party rule? Is that is that fair to say? In your view, well, I think ex- the expectation levels got out of hand. That's, what I'm, that, it, that's so. what I'm saying. But six so months I, ago well, always, was maybe we can get the Senate too, right? Right, but um, but we got to get the House. Then. Yeah, I always I always thought the House was in the reach. Uh, Last time I looked at real clear politics, the Republicans were up one seat. Uh, It appears to me that Sean Patrick Maloney has been defeated in the the Mid Hudson Valley. Found that very interesting. The chairman of the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee. That's certainly a a significant win. But I saw today someone was predicting fifty nine Republican seats in the Senate. That was never, ever within the realm of a possibility. Yeah, I heard 53, 55, but I personally I just thought, please. If the Republicans win the House, they will have the instrument uh, to kind of change the political dynamic here by beginning to investigate Hunter Biden and the Biden administration. Of course. Uh, and I do think that can change the dynamic. But uh, – I never thought the Senate was ever a certainty. I just think your expectations got out of hand, and we still have yet to see how that ends up. We, I guess we're going to a runoff in Georgia. It looks that way. Uh, any prediction on how that turns out, Roger? You're in a neighboring state. Uh, it's going to be very expensive for both sides. Mm. A huge amount of money will get pulled in there. But, uh, Frank, I hate to ask your, answer your question with the question, but how honest and transparent is the process going to be? Yeah, hey, I mean, uh, some of it's, well, some of these uh, some of these spikes in the voting here are very concerning. Uh, Roger Stone, uh, thanks so much for. I know you've had a long day. Appreciate you joining us. Happy to be here. Uh, folks can see me uh, by going to StoneZone Live at five p.m. every day Eastern. We do one hour of politics, news, fashion, style, history. Check it out, StoneZone.com. Thank you, Roger. Roger Stone. Uh, Let us go to the state of New Jersey, where there were a number of very tight congressional races. Joined now by the editor of the New Jersey Globe, David Wildstein. Uh, David, coming into yesterday, there were two Republican members of New Jersey's congressional delegation. It was thought that they could pick up one seat, maybe two seats, maybe even three. How does it look like uh, the GOP did in the state of New Jersey 
So, so what happened is that the, the Democratic redistricting map, the gerrymandered map, did exactly what it was intended to do. It, it served up Tom Malinowski. Tom Kane has defeated him, and it protected three other incumbents uh, uh, that, had, that had been considered marginal. Uh, they've all been reelected, and they've all been reelected by double-digit uh, margins. So uh, the Malinowski-Tom Kane race, which I think even in the New York area, people saw nonstop commercials during Jeopardy on. Right. Um, how tight of a race was that? Well, right now, you know, of course, this is Jersey, so numbers change, you know, you know, by the hour. But right now, Kane's ahead by by a little little under 14,000 votes. And that's that's five points. And and. You know, that's that's four times the, the Malinowski margin against Kane two years ago. So I think 14,000 is a pretty good win. So it looks like it, it looks like Kane is going to unseat Malinowski. He's done it. Yeah, I mean, it's done. That is it is it is over. Malinowski, you know, was 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 not quick to concede tonight. But there is no path whatsoever to to, to get him reelected. A- any other key takeaways from New Jersey, be it on ballot propositions or any of the other local offices that were up this year? Well, I'll tell you one one takeaway is that it seemed to be that that more people turned out last year angry at Phil Murphy over over vaccines and masks and business closures and, that almost propelled Jack Chitterelli into the governorship. More people turned out in anger toward Murphy than they did anger toward Joe Biden, and that surprised me. I mean, I've been I've been talking to Republicans all night, and it's it's sort of like you know, like dude, where's my wave? I mean, they were they all thought that they they were going to ride in this wave, and there were these local races in, in Gloucester County where you know where a guy killed a dog, and it made you know a, police, a fire first responder dog, and it made all sorts of headlines. But at the end of the day, not a whole lot of changes, just a lot of status quo. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think Jersey may pick up a. Uh, 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 one extra seat. I, you know, you know, Mike Lawler, who who is leading Sean Patrick Maloney. I mean, from his driveway, he can be over the New Jersey line in four minutes. <laughs> so, and, and Lawler, Lawler, from his political consulting days, he's got a lot of friends and a lot of contacts and a lot of admirers in New Jersey. Yeah, so it, it he's looked, the 13th congressman. It, it looks like his uh, campaigns may have actually been actually paying Michael Lawler's political consulting firm. Uh, we'll explore that a little bit later. Uh, David, I know you've had a long day. If people want to check out these uh, results, they can go to NewJerseyGlobe.com. Thank you very much, David. Thanks. Appreciate have a good it. night. Take care. Uh, Anthony Weiner, it's very interesting. Uh, David said something similar to what you said earlier, which is one of the key takeaways, one of the key narratives has been that nothing has changed. Blue states are blue, red states are red, blue districts are uh, blue, red districts are red. Um, In an era of gerrymandering, where we see state legislatures try to move their party increasingly in control of the congressional delegations, do you think that maybe we're not going to see these wild midterm swings like we've seen in the past? Well, there's two phenomena going on. First of all, this is a This is not the time to be asking that because we in New York are going to have a lot of turnover in our congressional delegation because a rather mischievous upstate judge drew drew the districts. I happen to think in the long term for America, for the better, that these races – I'd rather have a whole bunch of square districts that are pretty competitive than ones that are overwhelmingly one party or the other. I think that's better for our process. Um, But I don't know. I see this might be the new normal, that midterm elections have these super high – look – you. You, you never used to be able to walk the streets and have people talking about midterm elections. Mm. Now it has become a thing that everyone's involved in. It looks like some of the polls were off because young voters got involved more. I think ultimately this is a good thing that people are becoming engaged. The interesting thing about the New Jersey case 
is the Murphy example compared to the Zeldin example. You wonder what would have happened if Zeldin quietly didn't peak two weeks ago or didn't start to have the New York Post every day and didn't start to have like Sid every morning say Zeldin, Zeldin, Zeldin. If he more quietly said, I'm going to sneak up on these guys with a two-by-four, um, might it be a closer race? Once it becomes red versus blue in any state, I think you're going to start to have some predictable outcomes in the states like New Jersey and New York. It's going to mean a lot of people net are going to be voting for Democrats. The big number I'm waiting and would probably take till Saturday or Sunday to get is the percentage of Republican voters and the percentage of Republican seats in Congress. If it's the same or very similar, that's good for America. Mm. Recently, places like Wisconsin, where you have 65 percent of the seats in the legislature but only 45 percent of the votes, that's not good for America. Well, so yeah. I, what he just yeah. mentioned, I want to I want to follow up with you guys on – and let me begin with you, Larry. And yeah. Larry Sharp is here. John Tobacco is here. So we have an era – we are in a system where because there's winner-take-all elections, yep. wh- whatever party that wins by one vote with a plurality, they get to run the table. In Correct. New York, for instance, it looks like about 40 percent of New Yorkers have voted for Republican governance in the person of Lee Zeldin and the other people mm-hmm. on the slate, Joe Pinion and others. And yet there is still one party rule in New York, Democratic right. governor, Democratic state legislature. Would we be better off? Would democracy be better off? Would the country be better off if states or cities would move towards a proportional representation system, kind of like what Israel or Japan has? Well, let me cover two things. The Zeldin piece first. I agree with uh, with Anthony on that one, 100%. And, but he couldn't. Zeldin was running out of money. So to raise money, he's got to make a big thing. He's got to do the big deals so he can raise the money. So he was running out of money. That's why he did what he did. Otherwise, I think you're right. It would have been better to sneak up because as he was so excited. Now Democrats got excited and they showed up. And when the Democrats show up, there's three, almost three to one Democrats, Republican. Republicans going to lose. There's too many Democrats that show up. I think you're absolutely yeah. correct in that one. He was sneaking up on him because, he was. as I mentioned, I was spending a lot of time in Nassau County mm-hmm. um, campaigning for Kara uh, and, and other candidates working with the whole party there. They got a machine going, yep. right? And I was going out every day at 7 o'clock in the morning putting up signs for Kara, yes. okay? And I kept saying... There's not one Hochul sign around here. Mm-hmm. There's not one Mikel Salagi sign. Yep. Uh, the here. yard sign argument. Okay. No, I'm no, so no, over no, the yard I'm just sign saying, argument. I'm just, yeah. I don't see anything from right. the incumbents, yeah. right? And yep. I'm like, hey, yeah. we are sneaking up on them. They don't even think people are organizing on right. the assembly races because they're overwhelmingly beating us in registration. But all of a sudden, about 10 days ago, mm-hmm. I saw these joint signs, yep. Hochul. Mikhail Salag. Yes. Right? So they made one big sign with Hochul and the assembly person. Yep. Right? And they did it in different districts. And all of a sudden, they started popping up everywhere. And the I cheapest put-in-the-ground signs that you can get, like, 24 hours, start popping up everywhere. Uh, so, so they were alerted, I would say, so on I, the ground. I, yeah, 10 to 14 days ago, they started putting out signs and said, holy mackerel. This little guy from Suffolk County may actually sneak up on us. So, and they again, I do want to talk to the promotional piece, though, and I think that's critical. The, the, look, you still want your executives to be winner-take-all, right? Your executive is still your executive. But it would be amazing if we could do it maybe in New York City or maybe – because the problem with New York City is it's 6-1 to one Democrat to Republican. But that's not exactly how many 
I mean, what's the uh, this, the council? It's far more than six to one, right? right. Well, I, I mean, you're exactly right, and that's exactly the reason New York City used to have proportional Correct. representation. I think we should go back to that. I agree. Um, to elected <laughs> city council, yes, because um, then you know, but we'd also we that you'll try to figure out every political theory and put it into practice well, if, somehow. If, if you want to snap your fingers and do something, go to the British system and federal government. The parliamentary system, whatever party controls, they get to do what they want. But if they're unpopular, they can get rid of their leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I envy I the British right now. I, I envy the British lo- being able to toss out their leader. Because there's no way Biden would have survived. There's no way Trump would have survived. And I think the, both parties would have been better off and the country would have been better off. And then whatever you accomplish, you put it up to the voters. And if you did fine, you did fine. And, you know, and, and, and very rarely stays for very long. So if you want to snap yeah. your fingers and do something, I would do that. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Go ahead, John. We Frank, the last word. The the British, you know, we we beat them for a reason, right? <laughs> but I don't think it was because of the parliament. No, no, no. But they, they they do have some really good ideas, as as Anthony was pointing out. And I also like the way they do regulation over there, like securities regulation and stuff. They basically say, "Here's the bright lines. Don't go outside them." By the way, and do everything I got in one here. for you, John. Imagine if they had had President's Question Time. Joe Biden had to stand for questions. <laughs> uh, yeah, or Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah. I mean, I'd pay cash money to see well, that. You know, when McCain see. was yeah. running, yes. he said he would do that. And Obama did it once, if you remember. I, I think he might have even been in Congress at the time. But he, I think he did it with the Republicans. You know, uh, McCain said he would do it with everybody. Uh, 800-848-9222. Larry Sharp, John Tobacco, Anthony Weiner, straight ahead. Other side of midnight. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano here with John Tobacco, Larry Sharp, and Anthony Weiner. Uh, in terms of where we go from here legislatively, uh, Anthony, you indicated that you thought there was a possibility that Kevin McCarthy would be out as the Republican leader and that he may not become Speaker of the House. He does have sort of an unwieldy caucus. What do you think this means for the legislative leaders? McCarthy, uh, your old uh, friend Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and uh, everybody else involved in the congressional representational leadership? Well, I don't see much of a chance that Nancy Pelosi decides to, she wants to be minority leader. I think Hakeem Jeffries has a very good chance. From really? What I'm hearing from my colleagues, he kind of fits the bill, a fairly moderate African-American guy. The one problem is he's from New York. Chuck's from New York. I don't know. You know Hakeem Jeffries what, 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 is moderate. Well, by the standards of the Democratic – By the what? By the standards yeah, of the Democratic AOC, caucus. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, you remember, oh, this by is – that standard. OK. This is – well, who votes, who votes for the Democratic <laughs> leader but other Democratic members? Yeah. I, I think – I mean McCarthy is not a big thinker. He's a nice guy. He's not a big thinker. He doesn't have the unifying agenda that, uh, that perhaps Newt Gingrich had. So I think he's going to have a really tough time with those guys. And, and, and as far as the Senate is concerned, you know, Chuck Schumer keeps chugging along, and that's, that's good for us. I do disagree. I like though. Trump as a speaker, honestly. 
Oh, that'd be great. Oh my I God. love it. We would get I love it. I think he's going to be so angry yeah, that his that his apprentice did not perform. And he's going to want some leadership <laughs> right away. Every day. And he's going to say, I, I, we got more Trump McCarthy, every day. I don't think that's going to You're fired. Happen. I don't think oh, that's going to happen. Matt Gaetz, uh, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene. Uh, McConnell. Put what about McConnell? It seemed like Trump uh, was urging McConnell to be overthrown in favor of Rick Scott. Uh, you think that's a possibility? Look, M- McConnell is, a, is not a great force as far as I'm concerned for the country. He's a Republican. But he is good. His colleagues like him. And his yeah. colleagues, he does their bidding. So uh, I, I think you're going to have some conflict there with 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 um, Trump, but Trump's not going to get re- going to get elected again. So it's a moot point. Uh, putting aside uh, the last comment, the future of the legislative leadership, McCarthy, Pelosi, Schumer, where do you see it going? John, Larry? No, I mean, I, I think Pelosi's going to go off into the sunset. I mean, uh, I don't I don't think she's going to want to be in a minority role. I think there's a lot of stuff going on, on that side. I don't think McCarthy's the right guy to lead the party. And um, I think Anthony's 0 for 2 on Hakeem Jeffries and also on Mitch McConnell. He said he thinks his colleagues like him. I don't think anyone likes him, quite frankly. And I don't think Trump likes him. And at the end of the day, whether Trump's candidates fail or lose, he's going to be, to me, the big hammer in the race. And I think Mitch is, to me, he's got to go. Larry, got to be somebody. Yeah, I, I think I agree with both, with both gentlemen. I think that um, I don't think Nancy Pelosi wants to take a loss, right? If she actually tries to run, she may lose. I think she might just walk away, let someone take over. I think Hakeem Jeffries is, is hungry. He'll do it. I think people like him. I think he'll probably he'll probably be the next the next one. I think Trump will decide whether or not Mitch, uh, Mitch or anyone will be around. I think Trump will be the one to decide. He's, no, that's, he's, that's, that's not the way legislatures choose their leaders. It's not the way. They, they, they want the opposite. They want someone who's independent of the executive. If, if he comes in and puts his finger on the scale, that's going to make no, it easier for McConnell. Na- like from now, not, not from even being an executive, just his influence. I think no, Trump will they, have a lot of influence Remember, senators get elected for six years. They yep. don't care what Donald Trump says until it's time for them to run for office. True. Good point. Uh, we'll keep an eye on these races in uh, Arizona, Nevada, and Wisconsin. It looks like Georgia's definitely heading to a runoff. As it stands now, Arizona has the uh, Democrat uh, Mark Kelly leading with about 56% of the vote. Blake Masters uh, appears to have about 41% of the vote at, at this point. I'm not sure I understand why they are not calling this race yet for. Kelly, uh, Wisconsin, you can understand the margin there, pretty narrow. Uh, Nevada, it looks like um, it looks like the Republicans are trailing in that race, but still pretty narrow. Uh, Anthony, can you explain this at all? Why would they not be calling Arizona for Kelly? It, it could be a function of they had some early problems with voting machines in Maricopa yeah. County that they are that they have. They, it was actually it was actually printers. It was actually not not the machines. It's the printers. Yeah, so that might be something to do with it. I don't know. It you know this stuff takes a while. You know people are like, oh my god, it takes so long. No, I mean it, this is always the way it is. Remember last time we, in two thousand twenty, it was not till Saturday. Mm-hmm. Here we are Wednesday morning. It looks like we're going to have this nailed down. Um, but I, I think Kelly's going to wind up wind up winning. And then and then if if Mastro wins in in Nevada, this is turning into a very good day for Democrats because we don't have to worry about the runoff then. It, it is interesting. A- anything you want to add finally, Larry? Before yeah, we no, run? the one thing I want to bring up is what people aren't talking what I think is a most important piece, which is Utah. You know, the idea of, of McMullen obviously having any attempt at, at beating uh, Lee. Like Lee won his last race by 40 points. And now he'll still win, right? But it won't be by 40 points. It'll be like 10 or something like that, whatever it will be. It won't be 40 points. And this is basically the Democrats realizing it's four to one, you know, Republicans and Democrats in Utah. 
Why bother running a statewide, you know, candidate? Let's just back an independent because the D in Utah is toxic like the R is toxic here in New York. And I think the states that are going deep blue and deep red have to think about putting independence up. Well, well I mean, you know what, I, what I'm, I'm watching? It looks like Pelota in, in, uh, in Alaska is going to mm. pass 50 percent, which shows the, what ranked choice voting does. Yep. It makes consensus candidates that both people wind up feeling invested in, 100%. both sides point of view. And it also shows partisan Sarah Palin. They didn't like her. Yep. And as it, as it turned out, ranked choice voting wound up helping kind of get a more independent kind of person. Uh, John, uh, closing thought um, on this year's elections, either nationally or locally. No, I just think the main goal to me, I had outsized expectations, um, get the House, stop the spending. At least we can stop spending bills getting jammed and the Fed printing too much money. John Tobacco, okay. see him Saturday nights on Newsmax TV. Larry Sharp, uh, who knows, maybe coming to a ballot near you. And host of the Sharpway Show. And uh, Anthony Weiner, Keys to the City podcast. Keep asking questions. <laughs>